Morning, everybody. Morning, Bill. Man, I'm telling you what, it's an awesome day today. It's gorgeous. I think summer is coming. What do you think? Yes. Yes, yes, I am that way too. I'm totally excited. How many had thought uh, family camp was an awesome time? Oh, yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of notes of encouragement for all those folks that, uh, thank you, I even got more, for all those folks that were uh, there. So this is going to be great. And so uh, Lawson's going to help us out. Thanks, Lawson. Appreciate that. Might want to raise your hand when uh, I call out your name because uh, so Lawson can see where you're at. Alan and Liberty, right there we go. Uh, for all your efforts to keep the kitchen running at camp, you are champions and we were well fed. There you go. Give it up for them. That was awesome. This is a good one too. I thought it was rather interesting. Tanya. You deserve the prize for the most flapjacks in one setting. Does that mean you ate them or made them? I'm not sure. All right. Thank you for all your service. There we go. Right back there. Tanya and the red cap. Red cap. There you go. Woohoo! All right, Andrew. I am truly amazed by your ministry through music. Watching and listening to your playing during family camp was truly amazing. You can adapt your playing uh, so seamlessly to... Uh, any song leader. <laughs> that, there's an interesting little jab there for song leaders. Uh, you are truly blessed with the wonderful gift uh, from and I am from God, and I am so glad you are a part of God's kingdom. There you go, right back there. I'll tell you what, we had that experience this morning with his dear old dad. So thanks, Andrew. Eric Johnson, I so appreciate you, your gentle and patient spirit. This is such a cool, cool statement here. I was watching you as you sat with your mother-in-law at the breakfast table at family camp. I'm thankful for you and your family, how you care for Charlotte in her time of need. Such an encouragement. Let's give it up for Eric. Where are you, Eric? Let's go right back there and give it to his daughter. All right, Cynthia. Cynthia. Well, they must have gone, so we, we love you. Give this one to Heidi as well. Cynthia, you are a blessing to your mom. I so appreciate your desire to care for her in this time. I know you are juggling with many different hats and there are many challenges in front of you. I'm praying for you as you work to find solutions for her care. You know what? Let's give it up for Cynthia. She's not here, but, um, you know, our culture is really kind of messed up because older folks are not valued as in culture's past. Uh, the wisdom there is in those who are older is absolutely phenomenal. And so, so thankful for you sharing. I'm not done with you yet, man. I got a whole nother stack. That was my first book. Okay, here we go. Ty, Ty, I love that you do such a great job in encouraging others. Mrs. Parks, there you go. Ty back over there. All right. I, I'm going to have to ask these folks to raise their hand for you, Lawson. I don't know if you know them or not. Altman Holly, great job raising men and boys of action. There you go. All right. Jeff Sharon, that handsome guy right down there. I continue to rejoice for the new LED lights I can see, said the blind man to Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice for us all. I'm sure there are many, not only myself, who are greatly appreciate these new lights in here. So have you walked in the entryway? It's like you can actually see that you're inside of a building instead of a cave. Woohoo! Thank you, sir. Scott Kirkpatrick, you're another 
unsung hero of the faithful in the Pleasant Hill Church family. Amen. Thank you for dealing with all the AV stuff. New speakers for family camp and now are being used in the nursery and in the back classroom. You're awesome. Love you, brother. There you go. Mr. D, you're, you're, you, well, you are awesome, but Mr. D, your message was awesome. Ty, woohoo! Let's give it up for Mr. D. Alright. Well, hurry back up here, Braxton. You gotta run right back there again. He's, he must be the, oh, awesome. Get back here. Come here. Mr. D, I like hearing you speak the word of God. Braxton, there you go. Alright. To the Eric Johnson family, thank you for being, thank you for your faithfulness. Your love for God and for his people inspires and encourages. May you be richly blessed. Amen. There you go. Right there, Mr. Johnson right there. Okay. That was great. You know, it's awesome when people do that. How many remember that the scripture clearly teaches that we need to encourage one another daily, daily? And so I'm excited that I did that way back when, and now it's being confirmed over and over again in encouraging one another and all the more to see the day of the Lord drawing near. Now I have some announcements this morning real quick. Uh, Monday night we'll be at the Compton's Place as always, um, about 5.45 dinner. If you can make it a little bit early, great. You can help uh, share and put water in glasses and all that fun stuff. Uh, Sunday night, we'll be at the Kirkpatrick's tonight. So don't don't drive out to our place, drive out to the Kirkpatrick's. And a Wednesday night as well, we'll be at the Kirkpatrick's in the month of March. Ladies' study's going on this week, right? Ladies' study is on. And we got some congratulations here, some amazing congratulations. I don't know if Elijah's watching or not, but Elijah is a confirmed black belt. So do not get him angry. He'll karate chop you. That's just how that is. He's that kind of guy, you know. So anyway, no, he's not. He's a great guy. And that, I tell you what, that takes years of dedication, years of dedication. And uh, I also want to give a big shout out and congratulations to Vaughn and, and Holton Halstead. Uh, Vaughn, was it last weekend? I think it was last weekend, wasn't it? That you won state champion uh, in wrestling in the state of Oregon. Let's give it up for Vaughn Halstead. And... Uh, his, his little brother's going to take the title here in a year or two. He was sixth place in the state of Oregon. Let's give it up for Colton Halstead. Woo! All right. How many of you have ever seen uh, Vaughn on that podium? I was, you know, scrolling like some people do. I'd maybe do too much. But anyway, I go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I know that guy. <laughs> and I don't want to meet him in a dark alley when he's angry. That's for sure. <laughs> There's some big guns under that, that vest he's got on. Woo, careful. All right, so anyway, congratulations. And you know, the same thing goes true for, for winning a title like that. It doesn't happen in a day. It doesn't happen in a year. It's, it's years, years, and years of practice. So congratulations, gentlemen. That was great. Now, I got a big, long list of birthdays. This is Party Central this week here. Let's see. Uh, happy birthday to Logan. What's your middle name, Logan. James, happy birthday to Logan James Drillinger. Give it up for Logan. Woohoo! All right. 
and Lewis Winningham. I hope you're watching. And uh, how about Ellie Steiner? Steli, I don't know if you're watching, but happy birthday. Happy 14th birthday. And then uh, also Lawson Leroy Halstead. All right. I heard you're 10 years old. That's awesome. And you know what? He's coming to preach. In fact, we got to talk of a date this week or next week that we can get together and work on that sermon. I'm pretty excited about it. So anyway, we got lots of folks. And, and last but not least, we did not sing happy birthday to Melissa Parks the last week. So how could we have done that? It would have been an international phenomenon. And so, so here we are. Melissa Parks, thank you for being born. Without you, I'd have to push all that paper. And man, I'm telling you what, I'm glad you you're, love that stuff. So here we go. Anybody else got a birthday this week? All right, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right, all right. Well, hopefully I got all the announcements done. Are there any that I might have missed? Yes. I was also going to tell you that Elijah also got his driver's license last month. Oh. oh. Wow. That's all right. Well, we should be in prayer that he's a better driver than I was when I got my license. So far, he seems like a very cautious driver. This is good. Hopefully he keeps that up when he's pulled Oh, yes. You know, I learned an awful lot about car insurance my first year driving. It's absolutely amazing. So as far as I didn't get an SR-22 and my license taken away. But anyway, that's another story, and we're not going to go there right now. We're going to turn our Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 1. 2 Corinthians, don't look at me like that, Vaughn. 2 Corinthians and, and chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 1 through 11. And remember, this is our, our New Testament anchor verse for trusting God. Verse 9 is the focus, but we're really going to uh, introduce this uh, in verses 1 through 7 this morning. So uh, 2 Corinthians and chapter 1, beginning there in verse 1 through verse 11. And I'm going to not read it slowly, but I'm going to emphasize some things that I think are important. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are throughout Achaia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions so that we'll be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we're comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same suffering, which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are sharers, of our sufferings, so also you are sharers of our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively, even uh, beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, 
We had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us. You also joining and helping us through your prayers so that thanks may be given to many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. Let's pray. Lord God in heaven, I pray that I can unpackage this amazing passage of scripture. If we can unpackage it and see its component parts and then see how we can actually live out those things. You know, sometimes the scriptures, especially the way that Paul spoke them, can get kind of confusing pretty quick. And yet, Father, there's a simple message this morning. All the afflictions that we suffer and all the blessed comfort that you grant to us in your son, Jesus Christ, is so that we could understand and sympathize with compassion, comfort others who are struggling as we have struggled because of the trials and the difficulties of this life. Lord, help us to realize there's a purpose and a reason for the afflictions that come in our life. And if we have the wrong mindset, we'll be those grumblers instead of those who would rejoice. It's hard to rejoice in suffering. But Father, you ask us to see it from a different perspective, a Christ-like perspective, and I pray that we'll do that, Father. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Let me introduce this by asking you this question. Do you really believe in the existence of God as the Bible defines him? Someone who's ever present in your life. Who knows your every thought. Who hears your every word. It says that he keeps all of your tears in a bottle. He counts every one of them. He knows the suffering that you have and may right now be going through. He has a deep and abiding concern. And his desire is, as it says in the book of Matthew in chapter 11, to give you rest, to give you purpose and peace. But the next question is, if you do believe in God, if you believe he exists, if you do believe he's ever present in your life, the next question is even more important than the first. Do you trust him when he says he's going to follow through in serving you? The last question is, if you believe in him and trust him, are you willing to serve him? That's when it gets kind of the rubber meets the road. Now, we had some really beautiful uh, prayer uh, praises this morning from several people, praising God for the amazing people, the ladies uh, and servants in the body of Christ here, this family. You see, we, we heard Justine's name. We, we, heard, we heard Holly's name. We heard Miriam's name. We heard Sharon's name. These ladies that are sacrificing so much behind the scenes. Amazing ladies. And you know, I know they're not the only ones. Those are the ones that came to mind to those people who are writing words of encouragement and writing praises. But there's so many that are doing so much behind the scenes. It really is a family here. It's an amazing family. And sadly, it's a family experience that most 
churches and most people never get to experience. But we are experiencing that because many of us have that, that trust in the Lord. But what happens when, when things begin to get really difficult and we're doing the good things, we're doing the right things, we're sharing our faith with people and then bad things happen to us by the hand of evil people. Do we then go, God, why are you forsaking us? God, why are you allowing this to happen to your people when we are doing everything that you've called us to? Why, God, why? Well, that's the wrong mindset, actually. And this passage of scripture is given to a people who have suffered much and are gonna to continue to suffer much, the brethren in the city of Corinth. Again, I don't know what the future holds for us. I really don't. But I know the time of the season of the year. It's coming on to springtime. Very, very close. We know that. Why? Because of evidences. Jesus actually used that example. We know that things around the world have never been worldwide like this before, even during the First and Second World War, which many would say, well, that was like, no, it's, it's different. And so I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that we need to learn to trust God in everything, and then we need to be trustworthy so people can trust us as the people of God. And that's why I think this letter was written, and that's why I think this particular section is so important. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Do you really believe that all things work for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose? Romans 8, 28. Do you really believe that all things work for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose? Let me emphasize all things. Do you really believe that? We need to believe that and trust him that when things happen that aren't in our plan and we don't, feel like it's a good thing. Actually, God is working his plan in us. Let's go back and take a look. More particularly at verse three. That's where we want to start. Second Corinthians chapter one and verse three. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. You know, when bad, terrible things happen, is he really a merciful God? Absolutely, positively. He doesn't change from day to day or moment to moment or event or event. Is he the one of all comfort? Can he comfort you where you need to be comforted? I would say absolutely positively. Now let's take a look at that. Verse number three. I don't have points this morning. So I want to unpackage each verse. The first verse, the father of mercies. You've heard the psalmist say his mercies are new every morning. How many have ever heard that one before? That's a phenomenal, phenomenal psalm. His mercies are new every morning. I'd say his mercies are new every moment. Every moment. Now, we look at that word mercies. Here's what that word mercy means. He's tenderhearted and compassionate. He knows what you're going through. You might say, well, I, I feel so alone. I don't feel like God's anywhere. I just don't feel God's with me. And, and you know what? That's a legitimate statement. It really is. It really is. But, but oftentimes it's our worldly perspective. And I'm not being mean when I say that. You know, just as Brian Bragg was saying, I'm yelling because I'm yelling at myself. I was thinking, well, yeah, sometimes when I get a little bit excited, it's like, man, you just need to hear yourself speak. But, but you know, sometimes we have a wrong perspective. You see, God is ever present. The question is, is do we really believe that he's present? And we ha have we actually reached out to him? for help. He knows what we need. 
He's compassionate and tender-hearted. He is so willing and so desirous uh, desirous to help us. How many know Romans chapter 12 and verse 1? Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. The Apostle Paul makes this great statement. He says, I beseech thee, brethren, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God, give yourself as a holy sacrifice in the Lord as you serve him. Notice, he's not saying that life's going to be easy. He's actually saying, do you believe that God is going to be merciful and help you in time of need? I beg you that you do that because you need to grow and growing pains will come, guaranteed. And so, brethren, it's important for us to realize that God is merciful. He's compassionate. He's tender-hearted. Do you remember the word compassion? You look to Jesus as compassion. He sees your pain. And believe it or not, he feels your pain because he's walked this life. He's experienced every trial, every ugly thing, more than I think we'll ever experience. Maybe not, but I think so. And yet, he understands and is there for you during those tough times. He's the God of all comfort. I love this word. The word comfort there means that the one who is calling us near to himself so that he can embrace, console, and encourage us. He provides solace, that calm, peaceful embrace for the fearful and the distressed. If you do not believe that 2020 and 2021 have not distressed people, then you're asleep. There actually, there's a, there's a phenomenon out there, and I can't remember what it's called in regards to, to the COVID, COVID depression or something like that. And then, and then the fear because of the, the peaceful riots. You know, those, that's real. That's actually real. Suicides have gone up tremendously. You know, the, the fear has gone up tremendously. The disorientation with life has gone up. And you say, well, I'm not experiencing any of that. Well, open your eyes and see that all around us, people are fearful. People are really disoriented. People are discouraged. You know, I was shocked at a, uh, a Monday night when the young people were sharing what the last two years have really done in regards to their looking for the future. You know, even Sharon and I, there are some home, home improvement projects that we thought about doing, some landscaping and stuff, and we thought to ourselves and openly, why would we want to do that? Why would we want to do that? There's other things that are more important, like serving people and, and helping more people. And you're saying, well, that's foolish. You should have a nice fancy backyard. Well, maybe it would be nice because then we could have people over and barbecues and stuff like that. I mean, it would be great. But what about all the people who have that, that COVID crisis distress, who are really disoriented in a lot of ways? What does my future hold? I'm not sure. We need to be the people that are going to represent this God of all mercy, this God of all comfort. Look at verse 4. Notice what the Apostle Paul says in, in, in verse 4. He says, This God who comforts us in all affliction, so that, so that we'll be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. You know why you go through affliction? There is a reason. 
Look at verse number four. Why does God comfort us? I would say, why does God even put us through affliction? That's a good one to, to ask. There's three little bullet points. What is this comfort and affliction we experience? Why does he allow us to be afflicted? Why does he comfort us? Brethren, it's all not about you. In fact, none of it's about you. When Jesus came, his life was not about himself. He did what he did, as Brian said, and he did so eloquently. Jesus did what he did for you and me. He lived every moment for you and me. He couldn't have sinned. If he would have sinned once, you and I would have no hope. And so he lived a 33 years for you. He thought about you every moment. And when he woke up in the morning, well, Bill's going to need me once again. I better live this day right. Next, wakes up the next day. Yeah, that knucklehead's really going to need me so I'm going to have to live it right. Every day he got up, he thought about you. He thought about me. He thought about us. He thought about our need. And he lived a painful life. Go through the book of Psalms. It speaks of the pain that he went through as a kid. You know, he was picked on as a kid. Did you ever notice in high school, maybe middle school, middle school it gets pretty bad, even elementary school, that the kid that isn't the best looking or the kid that doesn't do it just right or the kid that has an odd behavior, they become the target. They become the scapegoat. You know what I'm talking about? I know what I'm talking about. I experienced that. I was the retard, as many of you have heard before. I hate that word. I hate that word. I hate that word. I was labeled by my teachers and my friends. Talk about ridicule and pain, emotional. The Bible actually says that happened to Jesus when he was a kid. That's what it says in the book of Psalms. And then he grows up and they really ramp it up. So it's important for us to recognize and understand that affliction comes our way so we can understand what somebody goes through. What does that word affliction mean? I want you to write this down. It's not what you think. It's not the persecution and be thrown into prison and thrown to lions. That's what we kind of think affliction is. Now, it could be that, but that's not what it is. Are you ready? It blew me away. I thought that's what affliction meant. Well, I haven't been thrown to lions yet, so I, I'm okay. I haven't been... no. It's talking about what many of us have gone through in 20 and 2021 and may experience in 2022. Here's what it means, that word affliction. It means times of anguish, distress, and anxiety where we bear burdens heavier than we've borne before. Times of anguish, distress, anxiety, and burdens. And we're not talking about physical burdens. We're talking about emotional burdens. I don't know about you, but I've seen that in people. And I've experienced that myself. I remember somebody once told me relatively early on during the COVID crisis, do not talk about COVID anymore. And it kind of shocked me because that wasn't like this person. That wasn't in their character. To, <laughs> so I went, okay, I won't. And I did pretty good for a couple sermons and then it, I, it went out the window, as you all know. But the reality is, is what caused that? Ah, don't say that anymore. What caused that? Anxiety, distress, burdens. Brethren, it's easy if you don't have burdens or distress just to blow people off like, man, you know what? I recently heard a sermon by Steve Doty. 
talking about depression. Man, that was an amazing sermon. Amazing sermon. If somebody has depression, well, just grow up and pull up your big boy pants and do it, get it done. And that's not so easy. It's not so easy. You know, if you start thinking the wrong direction, your body actually dumps hormones that continues to drive you into a hole. You have to conscientiously work on developing the right mindset so your body will naturally dump in serotonin. Serotonin will give you great encouragement, great strength, great positivity. But you have to know how that's done. And if you don't, you're driven right into a hole. It's important for us to recognize and understand that God has this beautiful machine, but if the machine doesn't have the right perspective on life, this machine will, in fact, dump, dump hormones in your body, in your body, that are going to drive you in the wrong direction. So it's important for us then to understand this affliction that people are going through. So notice, go back here and take a look at this passage of scripture. It's so important for us. He says here in, in verse four, who God comforts us with all in all our afflictions. Why? So that we'll be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we are comforted by God. Why does he allow us affliction? To discipline us, to train us, to prepare us to use the positive mindset, the positive faith, the trust in God to help other people and not just go, just grow up. It doesn't work that way. They need someone. They need you. They need a spirit-filled man, a spirit-filled woman to come alongside and encourage them. That's what Paul's talking about here. So are you ready to step up and be like Jesus? Because Jesus is the one that comforts and he comforts through his body, that's us. So to discipline, train, and prepare us for to, to positively and powerfully and selfly, selfish, selflessly push through so we can help other people. What does it say in the book of James? I think someone quoted it this morning. In fact, I think he made you read it. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, anxieties, distresses, temptations, difficulties. Consider all joy when you encounter those things. Why? What does he say? Consider all joy. Why? Because it's going to help you grow and be strong and be wise in helping other people and serving the Lord. That's why he allows affliction in your life to prepare you. I love the word so that in this verse. So that. All of these happen, all these things are given to us so that. So that what? So that we'll be able to comfort those who are going through any and every affliction with God's comfort. We'll have compassion. We'll have concern. You know, the outpouring that I have seen for uh, Melissa Winningham and for the Steiner family is profound, is awesome. Do you know what's going on with them? You need to know what's going on with them. Because as you learn about your brother and sister in Christ, brother and sisters in Christ, then you're moved to pray more. You're moved to help with meals. You're moved to, to send cards of, of encouragement, sympathy. 
I honestly, and, and if the Steiners are listening, honestly can't understand the way I should in regards to Gabe. If my son had cancer like he has and COVID and, and in the hospital back and forth, I, I, it blows me away. I, I, it, when I start to think about that in regards to my son, Andrew, if that were my son, Andrew. You see, so, so there, are, there are brethren here that know and understand and are stepping in and they're helping. You know what compassion is? To see the hurt, to feel the hurt, and then to do something to try to alleviate the hurt. That's what this is talking about. So when tough times come, we're prepared because we've gone through struggles in our lives. You know, there's some things that I've gone through that I can almost immediately get choked up about because I've gone through them and I know the pain and the suffering of that. And so I'm so thankful for the brethren who are stepping up and who have felt that and are doing something. And that's not to make others feel guilty. If you didn't know about it, you didn't know about it. Why do we go through afflictions? So that we'll be prepared to comfort those who go through afflictions with the compassion and the, the heartfelt mercy of God. Now look at verse five. Turn with me to verse five. Now verse five is pretty important. It's a pretty quick quick verse. It says here in verse five, for just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so our comfort is abundant through Christ. In other words, man, we can relate when tough times come your way because we have a super abundant amount of tough times. Now, you know what? If you have a super abundant amount of tough times in your life, the, the biblical perspective would be, Lord, I don't know what you're preparing me for, but give me the courage and the strength to embrace it and be that man or woman of faith when that time comes. The Apostle Paul suffered horribly, horribly, horribly at the hands of godless men. Go to 2 Corinthians in chapter 11. Work through the book of Hebrew, or Acts chapter, beginning in, in verse chapter 9 all the way to the end. Talk about torture. Talk about mistreated. Talk. He continued to move forward. And he was one of the most sensitive, compassionate guys in the New Testament by the time he was done. I know a lot of people say he was a hothead. Well, at the beginning, but man, he got humbled. And he understood those tough times were giving him the power to be that guy for others. So we need to understand that. So notice it says, the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance. Wow, the emotional and spiritual pain. The word suffering there means the, the emotional and spiritual pain and hardship of suffering like Christ. And the word abundance there, are you ready for this? You don't want to pray for this. If you've been praying to be like Jesus when you grow up, uh, if he answers that prayer, uh, you're going to be well equipped to show the, the comfort of Christ in the uh, uh, sufferings of others. Means to superabound in quantity and quality. Superabound in what? Superabound in the sufferings of Christ. Paul's saying, we have superabounded in the amount of suffering and the intensity of suffering so we can understand. And I'm, he's, he's basically saying, I'm thankful because now I can love you and comfort you with that same intensity, superabound in the comfort of God. Verse six, and quickly going through verse six, 
All of this is for you. All of the affliction, all the comfort we receive from God is for other people. Take a look, verse six. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same suffering, which we are also suffering. What's he actually saying there? Our affliction and suffering is for you, Christian. Our being comforted by God is for you, Christian. Do you hear a mindset? Do you hear a focus in that? Verse, verse six is amazing. All things that happen to me are to prepare me to serve the brethren and to serve those who are not yet Christians. That's the mindset that Paul's saying we need to have. So when you go through tough times, God, why is this happening to me? That's the completely wrong mindset. The right mindset, according to this passage of scripture, if we're gonna go with God's word, is thank you, Lord, for preparing me for I don't know who and I don't know when, but thank you for preparing me for that time. I pray that I'll recognize that time when people are going through affliction and that I'll invest myself in bringing your comfort. The last verse there, the last verse, verse seven. And our hope for you is firmly grounded knowing that as you are sharers of our suffering, so also you are sharers of our comfort. You know what Paul's saying? I have great confidence in you, brethren, that you're understanding what I'm saying. I have great confidence. The word hope there actually means confidence. I have great confidence that you're going to stand steadfast, firm, immovable in the truth of stepping into a person's life when they're going through afflictions and that you're going to share with them the comfort of Christ. Let me close with this. The next few passages are not about you. The next few passages are really about trusting God so that you will greater invest yourself in the work of the family of God. This is just, a, this is just an introductory statement by, by the Lord through Paul. Brethren, do you really believe God and trust that no matter what happens in your life, all things work for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose? Some of the most horrific, painful times in my life in the past have now given me the opportunity to use them to be much more compassionate as I understand the pain that someone's going through because of the challenges that are very similar to my past challenges. Are we going to be selfless or selfish? Are we going to be fully trusting God that whatever happens, he's preparing us for something greater? And will we be open to those opportunities when they come? Will we be the hands that hug the note of encouragement that's sent? The text, just thinking about you and appreciating you. What can I do to help? Or just showing up when there's a need and pitching in wherever you can pitch in. Is that who we're going to be? Or are we going to be the ones that run away from adversity, run away from that pain, and not realize it's helping us grow to prepare ourselves for serving the Lord in the future? Again, I don't know what the future holds. I really don't. The Lord does, and he's preparing his people, and he's using his word to prepare people. So let's get prepared, and let's be willing to invest. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful that Paul is very clear in this passage, 
passage of scripture, our afflictions are for your sake. Our understanding of, of God's comfort is for your sake. It's all about serving others. Woe to the person that's all about getting from the church or getting from others what they need and not being concerned about serving you, Lord, by serving other people. Help us to get that right mindset, I pray. Help us to be prepared for what the future holds that we might be courageous in serving others sacrificially as we comfort them with the comfort and the mercy that you extend to us. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand and uh, let's uh, get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. go. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings, king of kings. All right, thank you very much for coming out today. We'll see you next week, Lord willing. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.